for everything that was set up to this point. <laughs> it's all been edifying. It, it, this is um, the Lord's been with us, is with us, and um, shall be with us. He's a good God. And um, today, <clears throat> I would like for us to think about some things. I'm, this is part eight in a series on faith. And I've tried to, on purpose, look at this differently. what God did, what, how he did this, how he worked through him, what he worked in him, because he looked for a city. That's right. And see, he's doing the same thing in us. Amen. The same thing in us. We will make progress when we when we get to work on looking for this city. Amen. You know, we're changed as we look. As we look, as we behold, we're changed. I'll read the text. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. Dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. <laughs> Faith is such a powerful pro provision of God. Without it, you can't please him. With it, you can be pleasing unto the Lord. With faith, the very thing he gave you, he's pleased with. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? See, it isn't like you have to muster it up. You believe. You just do because God's put it in you. And, but you see, you were, in, were, were incorporated into the work. Praise God for that. Yes, amen. We've been made a part, partakers of his grace. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. Wow. Even though the Lord had made Abram a wealthy man, that's not what he's known for in the scriptures. He was wealthy. He picked up a lot of a lot of stuff in Haran, and then he went into the promise. He picked up more stuff. But that's not what we don't think of Abraham. Just there are preachers now that do this. They say Abraham's rich, and that justifies that we be rich. No, how about this? Abraham believed God, and that justifies us to believe God. See, we that's the connection the Holy Spirit made, Amen. and that's the valid one. Now, look at this. Abraham wasn't looking for more riches. He was looking for more of what every other man couldn't have. The promised land. See? So he set his eyes on what God promised him. Just like we are to set our eyes. See, now, see his focus was God. Okay, now, God was because of that, because he believed the Lord, God was going to give him some things that he didn't give anybody else. He became the father of the faithful. Now, what is sojourning? Now, the dictionary suggests it's to stay temporarily. All right? He reside for a time. Terry is a visitor. He's a guest in a boarding house. But the definition the Holy Spirit gave us is really closer to the truth of what it's talking about in this text. It says that he dwelt in tabernacles in a strange country. See, he didn't think. He walked around, and he didn't come to the conclusion this is all there is. He thought this, this is not all there is. He looked for a city. <laughs> all right. So he dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Now, why was Abraham doing? Why did Abraham go into the promised land and start living as a sojourner? See, a sojourner, it doesn't mean that he's a wanderer. Abraham wasn't wandering around 
Canaan. It's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. He was being led. That's what he was being. And so, but he lived there like a sojourner because he was looking for a city. <laughs> so, okay, so here we go. God called him out of a country that he lived in before. He had probably had a house. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But he, you know, Abraham never had a house in Canaan. He lived in a tent. He could pick it up quickly and move to another place. Isn't that the parallel of us in the spirit? We're not, we're not setting down roots in this world. It's, it, this world's going to pass away. We're, we're, put, we're setting our roots into Zion. That's why. Amen. So Abraham left his own country. And he separated himself from his father's house. And he found that immediately going out doesn't mean you immediately go in. See, where he sojourned. He wasn't, he wasn't content with just staying in one place. Why? Because God told him. He, this what God, God told him some things. He was in a land that was promised to him, and yet it had no appearance at all that it belonged to him. It looked like he was just a wanderer. Can you imagine you're, you're sitting there in, 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 your, in your nice house, maybe, you know, in that time, whatever a nice house was, and you see this band of people. He was rich, remember that? He had a whole company of people, and here they come, and what would your conclusion be? Well, he's on his way somewhere, but boy, he's, it's big, and it's obvious he's got some substance, and yet he just passes right by. See, it, it appeared, didn't appear to other people. They didn't get the same impression that Abraham. There's, he was moving on because God was leading him, guiding him, just like we are. Some people may not understand your life, but that's not important to other people understand. It's important to God. See, are you living for God? Well, he, he knows it. He understands. He's, he's the one leading you. So by and through faith, we too are sojourning in the land of promise. Now, in Psalms 48, it says, walk about Zion. Walk about Zion. Come on now. Get your walking shoes on because you can start walking with the Lord. He'll start leading you into things, showing you things that really you're not going to possess fully until you get there. But you're tasting right now. You're, you're, you're experiencing God's deliverance, his provision, his challenges. God will challenge your faith along the way. He did Abraham, didn't he? Put him to the test. Why? Because Abraham's faith was strong enough to go through the test. Just like your faith is always strong enough for whatever God leads you into. He won't suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able. He won't. So he says, walk about Zion. Go round about her. Now, Abraham was told, arise and walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it thee. So now, isn't that, this is, it so parallels our experience in the spirit. How are you ever going to know the things of God unless you walk through the land? See, we've been given this testimony. Now, what if I just say, well, but I like Corinthians. I'm going to just read Corinthians. Well, you'll learn some things about Corinthians, but you won't learn it the way you're supposed to learn it because Corinthians can only be understood as you understand the volume of the book. 
As you, as you walk about Zion and you see the testimony that God's given from Genesis to Revelation, all of a sudden something happens and it gels in your mind and the Holy Spirit comes in and gives you the understanding. But see, this is, we got to have this in our heart and in our mind. And as we do, he'll enlighten, it'll bring it. It'll, it this is life, but it's got to be it's got to be known. Now, you know, I know just from my small little piece of property, when you walk around, you learn things about just a little piece of property that you didn't really understand it was even there. You walk in and say, I didn't know that the birds had done this here and, the, you know, the squirrels are doing this over here. Yeah. W- what happened? You've got to walk around to be aware right, yeah. of what's going on around you. Amen. The kingdom we've been called into is vast. Why? Well, you won't... You won't walk at all until you get there. But see, this is a primer. This is getting us ready for what's going to happen over there. Wherefore, we receive in the kingdom, which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. See, we're moving into a greater respect for God as we walk about Zion. See, how, how do you know the great things that God has done if you never investigate them? Go round about her. See, I like the way it talks about her like it's a person, right? Because it is a person. He's really talking about Christ. You start living for Christ and and walking in the spirit, and and you'll have a greater appreciation for what Jesus has done. This will be the result of walking about Zion. Jesus, uh, remember, he was about to go away, and he spoke these words to Thomas. Now, I, I... you know, Brother Thomas, he, he, he eventually, he, he believed. Now, see, this was hard. Can you, you, if you can just put yourself in Thomas's shoes and in Peter's shoes and in John's shoes, they walked with Jesus for three years, and now he's saying he's talking about going away. This is what he told Thomas. John 14, 6. I'll just read part of it. I am the way. All right, how, how, how are you going to find me? I'm the way and the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Now, Jesus is the only highway of holiness. God was going to set up a highway, going to set up a way, a, a highway. And how is God going to do this? The man, Christ Jesus. He, what is holiness? It's Christ Jesus. He's holiness. God's holiness. How would you ever know that God was holy unless Jesus revealed that to you jesus he's the one we've been called into a man a purpose we've not been called by god to go sightseeing around the world not that i'm against sightseeing but when we're talking about spiritual i'm i am against sightseeing just going there just for the thrills yeah this is god's got a purpose in other words when he shows you when he reveals something to you about himself it's not just for self-satisfaction it's in order that you might walk before him and be perfect these things are not optional they're an absolute necessity whatever god reveals it's a necessity the highway of holiness we're called see why why did he make a special place because see that would be a place where god himself could dwell and you could have fellowship with god in order for that to happen god's got to put you in christ a man that he has approved he's pleased with and on that or in that you you can fellowship with god to your measure 
I mean, not everyone fellowships on the same level because not everyone has the same understanding, the, the same portion of the spirit measure. But to your measure, you can fellowship with God. What will that do? That will create, give you more. Yeah, as you fellowship with God, you don't go home empty. You go home increased. And Abraham was walking about the land. He was, in other words, as he walked around the land, that's just when it came to him. Ah, uh, there's more to it than this. There's, but see, if he had never walked around it, well, maybe he would have been satisfied. But he did walk around it. If a person refuses to walk about Zion, well, they will walk about this present evil world. Everyone's walking somewhere. Everyone's given their energy to something. Abraham did what God said. He walked about Zion. He did. He walked about Canaan. Now we're exhorted to walk about Zion. See, the church's task was presenting something that is worthy of walking about. You preach the gospel, you preach the truth, and what will that do? That will excite faith. And what faith, when faith pursues it, faith won't let it go. When a person hears, I can be saved from my sin, I can be delivered, faith will kick in and say, pursue that. Don't let that go. What does it take? What must I do to be saved? What hinders me from being baptized? You see how faith, faith won't let it go. So see, there's got to be a word that's worthy of faith to get a hold of. If a person refuses to walk about Zion, well, they just won't get the benefits that are associated with doing that. Now, uh, we're told to be preached the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove. This is what it says. It, it does say it. It says reprove, rebuke, exhort. Now, now that's those three things, it's be instant in season. Don't forget this. We need, we need all of these things. Right. There's a part of us that would be wayward if we had not suffered re- being reproved. Sometimes you say, well, all I got today was reproved. Be thankful that that's what you got. Because God decided that's what you needed. See, God, he gives us what we need. And so I'm not going to kick against, you know, he doesn't just reprove. You notice how God, he can be gentle. But see, there's some other work that needs to be done besides gentle. God's faithful to do it. Exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And doctrine. In other words, you're going, you, if you receive it, you, you, you'll be better for it because it's teaching you something. See, there's a lot of things about myself I don't know. But see, the Word will open it up. The Holy Spirit is faithful to show you. Why? So we can cast off the works of darkness and, and, and grow, grow up in the Christ. When a whole generation of professors, professed believers, is disconnected from the testimony of what's up ahead, we're in bad shape as a, as a, as a, as a church. So in other words, they, you, know, well, you know, that's so negative, talking about the end of the world and talking about when Jesus is going to come back and destroy everything. That's so negative. Let's just talk about you can have a nice family. You, you can. Is it wrong to talk about having a nice family? Well, it is when you when you put that first and you don't mention the realities that are really up ahead. 
See, what happens? Well, you're not able then to navigate through this present evil world. That is what it's called. It's a wicked world. It's, a, it's going to be destroyed. So we can't have, develop a love for it or move in. Right? We'll just settle down here. I mean, no. We're just sojourners here. Well, this isn't our world. This is not our home. Not if you're in Christ, not if you're on your way to glory. When Abraham followed his instructions, a miraculous thing happened. Same thing will happen in you. By faith, he was able to come to a conclusion that can only come from knowing God. For he looked for a city which hath foundations. Something that was going to be stable. He, he realized that this world is not stable. It's not a place to be building, building a big... Big house here. Well, the rains are going to come. The floods are going to come. Whose builder and maker is God. All those whom God has given to his son, Christ Jesus, have been called into a very real kingdom. I say this is the whole mindset. We start talking about the kingdom of God. This is a whole mindset that comes along. God said a lot about his kingdom. We're not going to go into that, but but just just consider this. God's mentioned that he's good, he's given us a kingdom. Uh, look, this is not our kingdom. This is God's kingdom. Then God gave Jesus a kingdom, and you become part of his kingdom. Amen. That's right. Amen. We're part of a kingdom. Praise God for that. We're part of a something that will never end. <laughs> I love that thought. It's a, it's a spiritual kingdom. It cannot be seen nor perceived with the natural senses. So don't be surprised now if you've been enlisted into this kingdom and you're making your way to glory that some people don't think you've lost your mind. But see, they can't see this kingdom. They don't understand. And honest people, we can influence by telling them about the kingdom. Tell them about where our God's bringing us to. Some people will become interested if you can if you can show them aspects of the kingdom. Show them about your king. Tell them about the bulwarks. In trouble, I can stand. Why? Because I'm part of a kingdom. I've been given strength. All those who've gained access to God through Christ, Jesus have been appointed. This is all by appointment only now. Yes, right. Amen. A kingdom. <laughs> I tell you, a place, a purpose. See, we have a purpose. We're not just we're not just wandering through this world. At least we better not be, because if we do, we'll, we'll we'll get lost. Wanderers usually get lost. But see, we're sojourners. In other words, we know where we're going. We have a purpose. We know the end, and we're making our way. Through this present evil world, with the, the destination already set in our hearts, we're going to be with the Lord. And I say, well, well, that's kind of vague. Well, that's not vague when you know it. When you know you're going to be with the Lord, that modifies everything. Yeah. Of course, you know, if you come to the realization that he, you're with him now, and in, in, in the now, you're, he's here, he, right now. Well, then that modifies exactly everything. You won't do some of the things you used to do because you realize I'm with the Lord. <laughs> you see how what a protection this is to know the truth and to walk in the truth. Revelation 1, 5, 6 says Christ loved us and washed us from our sins. Right. 
washed us in his own blood and made us kings and priests. We've been entered into this kingdom. You're a king and you're a priest in Jesus' kingdom. Well, right now, not tomorrow, not the next day, not 10 years from now. Right now, if you're in Christ, you're a king and a priest. Well, just walk about Zion. See, you're authorized to do the king's work. You can preach Christ. You can, you can help someone just by asking God to do something about it. Why? Because you're a priest. You can intercede. <laughs> I tell you, this is great stuff. Colossians 1.13 says, God has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Jesus was faithful, and God gave him a kingdom. And now Jesus is populating the kingdom. Now, see, eventually God's going to move into this kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, this, well, as soon as Jesus purifies it, it brings all the sons home, all the people gather together, a number which no man can number, and God's going to move in the house. Praise God. Yeah. So Romans 1, 7 refers to us being called to be what? Saints. Saints. Set apart. Special. Saints of God. Colossians 3.15 calls it, we're called in one body. So how did it get so divided? It's not divided in heaven. That's not where the division occurred. It's here. But see, we've been called to one body, not two, not many, one body. And as you, as you move on this highway, as you sojourn through this land of promise, you'll see this is the truth. You can meet somebody in the middle of any place, and all of a sudden you start talking, and you realize, brother, we're in the same body. <laughs> what happened? You've been walking about Zion. Mm-hmm. You see, the, there's a lot of benefits in walking about Zion, living for the Lord. First Peter 1.15 says, we're called to be holy, separate, set apart. We're a peculiar people. Why? Because God's the one that's going to do something with these people. And in order for that to happen, Jesus had to bring them in, take away their sins, start working in them. And then one day he's going to present them back to the Father. He's going to present the work. And God's going to be pleased. He's going to be, we're going to be approved by God once we get to glory. Now, Jesus gave these words to his disciples this is Luke twenty-two twenty-eight. Yea, are they which have continued with me? Ye are the. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, and I. Uh, this is this is wonderful that the Lord's done. I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, see, he's talking to his disciples there. They were given a special, this was given a special limitation. You ever ever had a special limitation? Come like maybe by post or by Federal Express or something, or maybe some hand delivery. It's a special invitation to you only. Jesus made this to his 12 disciples. See, they, they were, now, they were going to have to work, do the work in the heat of the day. 
These men were going to go out and, and nobody knew about this kingdom. And they took it to the world. And he said, because of, now their name is in the foundation stones. In other words, they were a part. Jesus is going to use these 12 men as a part of building this kingdom. And so because of that, they had a special place. And I say, well, how do I fit in? Do you believe the apostles' doctrine? Have you been following the apostle Paul as he followed Christ? See, we've been called, chosen, elect of God in order to obtain this kingdom. It's like, well, why can't I be like one of them? Because you're not one of them. But you can in Christ, obtain the same promise. See, God's not holding back things to those who love him. He's not. Abraham was called to rise and walk through the land, and look what it produced in him. It, produ it brought him the understanding that there had to be more than this. And if a person's honest, when they come into Christ and they start walking with Christ, they'll be able to say, you know the other life I lived it had nothing, no, it's not even to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. When we stand before him and, and, and he's developed and worked in us, an appreciation for what God's done on that day. See, we won't be looking back and saying, oh, do I have to leave the world? We'll be saying, even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so, my, see, our place in, in, in God's kingdom is somewhat, it, it was determined by God, but see, we're participants in it. He, whereas we walk about, he reveals things to us and um, encourages us and gives us grace to be able to overcome. God is calling his church to rise up right now and take possession of what he's given them in Christ Jesus. Amen. See, and if, that, if when that occurs, see, that you, you, well, you say, I see things a lot more clearly now. You know, I used to be confused about this or that, but see, I can see in Christ Jesus, God's given us all good things to pertain to life and godliness. We've been called to look for a city that has foundations. And believe me, brethren, the, the, the kingdom of Christ is, has foundations. We just got done talking about some of them. It's foundations. It's, it's immovable. It cannot be destroyed. It's of another realm. What we can do, though, is we can enter into it by faith, and we can make progress in, in walking about Zion. Walk about it. Abraham looked for a kingdom, right? Which means that he had to wait for it. See? He was waiting for it. We find that faith enabled him to know it was coming. He knew God was going to fulfill his promise. He well, said, well... How, how did he know that? Because God gave him a son. You see how God testified to him? He said, go out. I'll make of thee a great nation. Well, that was a big promise. He went out and, and he, he, he promised him a son. And what happened? He gave him a son. Now that testified to Abraham. If he can give me a son through my wife that's barren, well, then this other promise is going to come true. And then when, when God tempted him, he, he proved him, and he, he said, offer that son up. And when Abraham went up there and he did offer him up, what did God do? He provided a lamb, and he, 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 he burned it into the heart of Abraham. God's going to do what he promised. Amen. 
And so he, he walked about Canaan. He walked about, and as he did, come to this conclusion, I'm looking for a city that's got foundations. See, God's sure. You have come to Mount Zion. Brethren, we have come to Mount Zion. See, I mean, we got this example of Abraham because we need we needed this example in order to understand what he's talking about. In Hebrews 12, 22, it says, But you are come to Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. Brethren, see that you, re- you don't refuse him. Look what he's brought us to. Amen. Now, see, the world is, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get you to refuse to believe this. But if this God's working this in you, you'll, you'll be like Abraham. You won't refuse. You'll get up. Isn't we think it was convenient for Abram to pick up his tent and to move? No, but he did. He walked about it. Why? Because God told him to. That was enough reason for him. That was enough reason. See, it doesn't make any sense. This is a really nice place. I mean, there's water here. You know, we got shelter. Why why do we need to move? God said, walk about the land. So see, we're we're not just sitting here. We're moving about. God put us on the move. We're a people that are on the move. Don't refuse him. For if they escape not who refused him and spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Jesus is right now at the right hand of the majesty on high, and he's interceding for you. We wouldn't make it one day if Jesus was absent from that work. Not one minute. So let's consider for a few minutes. What and where we have come. Now, there's 10 things, and, you know, I'm not going to have time to go through these detailed. But, you know, I just want to make reference to these because God did. God made reference to these 10 things, and these things are so important. You are coming to Mount Zion. Now, Joel 2.32 says this, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Remember when you called upon the name of the Lord? What did he do? He delivered you. That's what he did. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And see, you could like put your name in there if you're in Christ. Now, see, God has a special people. Ultimately, his special people are those who are in Christ. And see, but God's going God's to shock the world. One of these days, God's going to shock the world when a whole nation's given to repent. But see, we've come unto this mountain. Look at how God's made this distinction between Jew and Gentile. He broke down the wall, the middle wall of petition. And so we can can read this verse in Joel and give praise to God because we've been made part of that kingdom. You've come into the city of the living God. And Psalm 48, 1 says, great is the Lord. Now, we used to sing this song. Great is the Lord. You remember we sung that song? 
and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. <laughs> you've, been, you've, been, you've gained entrance, access to the city of God. <laughs> what, what could you give for that? What would you give? Well, he said, all he asks you to do is just give your life. That's all he asks. You just go ahead and crucify your flesh, take up your cross and follow after him, and he'll lead you into the paths of righteousness for his own name's sake. Where's he leading us to? The city of God. Woo, <laughs> we got a good destination. Isaiah 8, 18 says, Behold, now this is, this is, this is going to happen, brethren. Jesus is going to stand up one of these days. He's going to say, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me. <laughs> He's going to present them back. We're all here, Father. And God's going to say, Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You brought many sons to go. You purified them, taken away their sin, and you've made them ready for what we're getting ready to do. Whatever that is, it's going to be good. Brethren, you've come into the presence of the Lord of hosts. See, before it was here and there, you know, revelation was sparse. But now that Jesus has come, he's opened up. He's opened up the, the door to heaven. And we can gain access to this heavenly city. We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. That's where we come. Galatians 4, 26 and 27 says, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free. <laughs> Why have we been made free? So we can experience freedom from sin, freedom from doubt, freedom from anything that gets in the way of seeking this city. Which is the mother of us all. <laughs> how did you come into Christ? He birthed you. Yeah. That's how. You've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Now that kind of seed can get into this city. If you're in Christ and you are, you are a part of the greatest and largest family ever. I'm not by myself. Yeah. One, I got Jesus with me or I'm with Jesus, better way to say it. Jesus is the progenitor of a, progenitor of a new race of men. Yeah. One that are like God. One that are compatible with God. One that are compatible with this, this new and living way. Yes. Amen. A new. God's all about new. And he's going to, one of these days, he's going to make all things new. Mm -hmm. See, now you, you've been, you've been kind of, you, you've got to jump start on this. You, he's, you've got a new man. All right, and, 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 and you're living in the understanding of what God's revealed to you. One of these days when he makes all things new, you'll fit right in. Yeah. You've been made new. We have come to an innumerable company of angels. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that thought. You know, there were some of the angels that fell, right? Third, the third fell. But I'm telling you, one of these angels, one of these holy angels are worth more than the third that left. Just one of them. Amen. Because, see, they're with God. And, boy, how much power do they have? As much power as God wants, whatever he wants done. That's how much power they have. They've never come home empty. Yeah. Not one of these angels. <laughs> and, behold, 
And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. <laughs> Brethren, we're not alone. Sometimes you may get discouraged thinking we're few. You know what? We're not alone. If you could just see the angels that are here, <laughs> you, wouldn't think, you wouldn't think we're alone. <laughs> we're not alone. We've come unto an innumerable company of angels. And whatever their, their work is in us, I'm glad of it. Just knowing that they're here is a blessing. Amen. See, they're here. They want to they know God too. And, and they want to know more about God. And see, God shows them that the church, they'll be able to, in the church they can see, they can understand more about God and grace and redemption and forgiveness. And let's be good examples for them. What are they saying? They're gathered around this throne. What are they saying? Worthy is the Lamb. <laughs> Isn't that what we say? Right. Worthy is the Lamb. He was the one that died and took, took away sin. I didn't do that. He did that for us. And now he asks us to live in the understanding of that. And as you do, as you take this with you when you go, well, you, you'll have grace to overcome. You'll, you'll press in even when others are turning away. Satan may have drawn a third of the angels to join his rebellion, but that's not what we talk about. We don't focus on that. It did happen. We have an innumerable company of angels, and they're on the Lord's side. We have come to the general assembly. Well, this is what it says um, in Jeremiah 3, 7. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them. Yes. As at the first, and I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me, and it shall be to me a, a name of joy. Is God joying over you? Well, of course he is. Look what Christ has done. And now as he brings many sons to glory, God rejoices over them. Amen. See, now, what happens when you know that God's rejoicing? What does that do? That causes you to rejoice over him. Look what he's done. He's given us his own son. Now, shall he not with him freely give us all things? God's with us. Amen. We've come to the general assembly. When everyone's gathered around the throne, when the judgment's gone, the marriage supper of the Lamb is passed, we're going to be gathered around the same throne. God's going to be God, and we're going to be lovers of Him. <laughs> Whatever He says, we'll do His will instantly. We've come to the general assembly. Yeah. We won't be out of place in the throne room. Amen. We'll be doing exactly what God wants us to do. We'll be joining in. We'll fall down and we'll say, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. We'll sing the songs. <laughs> they, they like to sing in glory. Just read the book of Revelation. They fall down. They shout. They sing. They praise God. Why? Because he's God and they're in his presence. What else can they do? We've come to the church of the firstborn. This is Jesus' church. He's the firstborn. He's the one that rose from the dead. And now he's raising us up to be joined with him. Of his own will begat us with the word of truth, that we should be a first fruit of his creatures. God's got many sons. And Jesus birthed them all. 
which are written in heaven, or we would say enrolled in heaven. God's fulfilling the promise that he made to Abraham in Christ. Uh, you see that? We have come to the judge of all. We have come to the spirits of just men made perfect. We have come to Jesus, which is actually the reason that we can even meet here today. Right? He's the reason. And he's the mediator. See, well, it's one sentence we say, well, he's the mediator of my over my sin. He's the mediator of the new covenant. That's what he is. You see how much more profound that is? Well, there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself in order to be a mediator. He had to give himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Now, we have come specifically to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things. See, we come around Christ and gather around Christ and he speaks better things to us. In other words, forgiveness, right? Mercy. That's what he's speaking. Peace. It's true that we're elect according to the foreknowledge of God through sanctification of the spirit and obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how your election's been made confirmed. See, God chose you, but at some point in time, your sin had to be removed. And that was where the blood was applied. Remember, we learned that lesson through Moses. Remember, when they were getting ready to go out, they had to have some blood. And God was, had respect for the blood. God has graciously, graciously given us an abundance of revelation in Christ Jesus. We've been called into a sure salvation. have been given grace to walk in the spirit of our God. So I say, let us go on to perfection. Amen. Let's press in. Walk about Zion. And when you do, come back and give us a report. See, when God's shown you something... Come back and deliver a testimony. Sister Samaria did. Today she, she, she came and she gave us a testimony. Why? Because she was walking about Zion. And look what God did. See, God, God wants us to walk with him. And when we do, he'll divulge things to us. Now, they're not just for us. They're for the whole body. So we come and we, we um, express the things that God's put in us. Now, lastly, let us receive this exhortation, Hebrews 12, 25. This is a great exhortation. Exhortation. See that you refuse not him to speaketh. Amen. For he that escape, for, for they escape not who refused him to speak on earth. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. God forbid that any of us would turn away from the one who's speaking from heaven. Amen. Now, in order to hear him, you got to have faith, right? Abraham was paying attention the day that he was offering his son. He was paying attention. And all it took was the angels say, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he was plunging the knife down. He was going to do it. But he was observant. He was paying attention. Right. See, he was, he was looking unto the Lord. He was doing this to, to God. And because of that, he had the consciousness the, the consciousness. So he stopped. <laughs> and what did God do? He provided his own land. If Abraham was successful in looking for a city that had foundations with, with comparatively small amount of revelation, how much more should we 
be looking for this great city of God. Thank you, brethren.